Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. I love this opportunity to come across your airwaves, to be part of your day, to be part of your community, just to be looking at God's word together and talking about how God changes our lives with his word. Kevin Robb, my dear friend and brother, is with us from Dallas, Texas. Hello, Kevin. How are you, brother? Man, I'm doing great, Doug. Yeah, so Kevin and I were just, we were just laughing while talking. We're just this is a joyful meeting for us, and thank God for that, brother. And uh, you were saying you had Amen. a great Lord's Day yesterday, and uh, we had a, you know, it's always a good Lord's Day when we're home at our home church, and I'm not just saying that, man. Let me tell you, brother, our pastor, Josh Crockett, you go out there and listen to that message from yesterday morning. It'll mess you up, man. Three points, a joke, a couple stories, and every time I walk out of there, I feel like someone punched me right in the head, and the Holy Spirit's like... Doug, you better straighten up, man. I'm telling you, and he doesn't punch people in the head. He's never taken his Bible and banged me over the head with it. He just lets the Holy Spirit work through what he's saying, brother. It's the craziest, most wonderful, godly mm-hmm. uh, phenomenon that's ever happened to me. And I'm just, I'm proud to be a member of, uh, and I know pride's a bad thing when you're talking about God, but you guys know what I mean. And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, brother, I was thinking the it's- other day, so my friend Kevin's a singer. He can sing like I. He doesn't feel good singing by himself, though we had him sing a special out there in Louisiana. And Kevin, I found a song for you the other day. I wanted to tell you on air because I think you really need to be praying about this song. Statue of Liberty. Mm. In New York Harbor, there's a lady. You know the song? I've heard the song. Yes, sir. (sighs) I've, I've never sang it with my family or certainly not a solo, but great song. It's, it's got to be there, brother. Anyway, we're cruising along, and, and uh, we're letting you catch up on Kevin and my song information here and what's going on there. And Well, dear brother, as we move along, we pick the word for the day, chronic. You know, chronic is one of those words that we hear. You know, this is chronic. I was with the doctor, I don't know, a couple months ago. You know, it used to be when you were younger, you'd go to the doctor and, you know, the doctor would say, Doug, here's, you know, 40 pills or whatever. By the time you're done with these, everything is going to be great. Well, now for some of us, it's a little different. Now the doctor says, you know, Doug, this is chronic. This is a condition that's going to stick around. And, you know, going to a Christian doctor is a cool thing. She said, you know, but when the Lord calls you home, Doug, it's all gone. You know, and uh, you don't have to worry about it. But I'll tell you, I got some stuff that can get you through, though, Doug. And, you know, the Bible says there is no fear in love. Chronic brings forth fear. That word chronic scares the devil out of some of us. But perfect love casteth out fear because fear have torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So this is kind of a hard verse over here in First John 4, 8 for me. It's not a hard verse for a lot of us, but God's reminding us that there's no fear in the kind of love that comes from God. It's one of those things, I guess, where we step into God and we say, God, this is all about you. And I've seen it. I've seen it. People do it in front of my eyes. I've seen people um, 
live a life of no fear, just totally trust in God. And God's saying, well, this is where we are, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear have torment. I've been tormented. And, and brethren, I know some of you are being tormented, but listen, let God cast that out, the love that God has for you. What are you thinking, Kevin? Man, I'm thinking how it's not God's will that we suffer with fear. Um, you know, fear, the fear of God is, you know, that that refers to a good kind of fear where you just have a recognition. It's kind of like respect, right? And, you know, people that I used to work with a high steel worker and I was not the high steel worker, but he was a former high steel worker and he had no fear of heights and no fear. And we'd go up on these big high scissor lifts and boom lifts and, and he would just shake them around to scare the daylight out of me. <laughs> people. And, but he would talk about how he would walk high steel and jump from one girder to the next one joist to the wow. next. And he fell one time he fell and, uh, he described it as a miracle that, that God literally caught him. But, 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 you know, respect for a height, respect for God. That's, that's the kind of thing that you just kind of park it in your mind. I've learned the hard way, right? I, I felt I've fallen, I've offended God. I I've, I've hurt my relationship with God and I fear going there again, but you're talking about the fear that has torment, meaning, um, it's, it's an ongoing chronic thing that, um, you know, in the realm of PTSD would refer to instead of a fight or flight, a good thing that that's causing me to run from this, this negative stimulus, this dangerous situation, it's keeping me bound up and I cannot get away from it. It keeps, you know, like I think you, you said when the battlefield comes to visit you and you know, you're not in the battle, but it's, the battle's in you still. And it's chronic. It's, it's ongoing. And boy, there's a lot of people just that are in that they, they can't get away from it. And that's, that's where we're at. I'm glad we're talking about this. And and it's about a total surrender. It really does go back to that Romans 12, one and two. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. And, and, you know, you got to stop right there and say, God, what does it take? Well, it takes a living sacrifice. I believe God, holy and acceptable. It's just, God, this is about you. It's not about me, um, which is your reasonable service. And then, you know, so many of us get stuck on verse two. I've been a stuck on verse two guy, probably the first eight or 10 years that I was a born again Christian be not conformed to this world where I tried to fit my fears, my realities, my PTSD, my life, my upside downness and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. I was conformed. And then God's word, I was a verse two guy that had to be, that God had to keep saying, Doug, stop thinking world answers. Stop living worldly answers. I'm God. And, uh, and I'll tell you, that's what gets us from these words like chronic and fear and being scared and the battle coming home with you. And um, it's it's when you surrender and say, God, I can't do this. Uh, you know, but who can handle a wounded spirit? Well, only God can. And uh, I think we're at a place where this word, Kevin, I'm really glad you went the direction you went with this because so many people say, you know, Doug, what's that one thing? What's the one thing I got to do? You know, I'm saved and I'm dealing with PTSD. What's that one thing? And you hit it. You know, we got to, we got to give everything to God. We got to get rid of the battle and yeah. uh, the, the battle's got to be less important than God. 
Yeah, you know, um, 62 times the scriptures use the term fear not. And, you know, so obviously there's a lot of a lot of times where it's wrong, people are fearing and it's wrong. And like you said, there, there there's some other uh, idea that they have. There's some other, there's some thought, you know, that's in their mind that's that comes from the world. Like you said, so oftentimes, I mean, it comes from, you know, a phony idea of of what I'm supposed to <laughs> how I'm supposed to behave in this situation. In other words, um, if the world says that. You know, yeah. you, you can't you can't offend. I'm a, so I'm a preacher. And as I preached yesterday in Texas, um, if I was afraid of the people's faces and expressions, um, you know, it took the conventional thought like you don't want to offend anyone and you want acceptance and you want everyone to like you. Well, that's an undoable thing. And that would be very traumatic to 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 walk away from how do i know that because i've done it <laughs> you know i've done it i've taken the world's view of fear yeah. and 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 began to fear begun to fear something that god said stop fearing that in fact it says uh in the book of um jeremiah i believe and ezekiel talks about the same kind of thing it says don't be afraid of their faces if you do i'm going to confound you God says, I'm going to confuse you. You're going to act, you're going to look like a bumbling idiot and you're going to lose your audience because you're, you're afraid of people's faces. So that's just an example, I think, of how people can, you know, traumatize themselves by trying to carry the uncarryable and, and make, make life all about, um, you know, not offending people, not, you know, avoiding a situation that God says, stop avoiding that. Let, you know, trust me, which is, well, I think where you were starting there with the idea of just give it to God, surrender it to God. Man, what a liberation when we do that. Yeah. And it takes that, it takes that surrender. And, um, you know, we can, you know, the thing about this friends, and I know a lot of you are listening and, and, uh, you know, you're saying, well, I've tried that. I've done this. It, it's a way of life. And I'll tell you, it starts in the morning when you wake up, being in God's word, prayer, uh, you know, whatever you fit in there, you got to find time during the day to read God's word to, you know, the more you plug into God, the more, you know, what goes into you is what comes out of you. And uh, years ago, I didn't know that. And I'd put a little bit of God, just enough God to show up for church, just enough God to say the right words, just enough God to have the fish on the back bumper of my car, just enough God to, you know, know the people in town, know the good singers, know the vernacular, know everything that's going on. But man, when you say, you know what, God, today is about you. Today is about you. And we go through hard times. I get that. Last week, I, you know, we lost probably a million dollars in capital donors getting ready to go. Someone pulled the rug out from under us. But, you know, somewhere, well, it's about four weeks ago, somewhere God said, you know what? I'm God. I, I got more than that. Gazillion, trillion more than that. Let's go get it somewhere mm. else. And we're, we're moving, brother. So surrender, folks. That's what it's all about. Hey, listen, we're just going to go ahead and uh, let the radio stations do what they got to do. But we'll be right back with you. Hang with us.
Man, I love that song, Does Jesus Care? He does care, and he wants you. You know, we find ourselves, Brother Kevin, we're over here again in Proverbs, the 28th Proverb. We find ourselves in verse number six. I love going through Proverbs. I, I love these verses we're looking at. They're so they're so down to earth, so easy. Uh, they really talk to our hearts. And, and this first verse comes out and says, Better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. And again... Uh, you know, this is one of these things where God just gives us this very clear example that there's a lot worse things in this world than being poor. There's a lot worse things in this world than not having money. Uh, you know, it's not all about money. It's about, and I know I've said this a hundred times, Joseph was a prosperous man, was a slave, didn't own his body, didn't have a dime to his name. God looks at us and says, hey, folks, you need to remember something. There's a lot worse things in this life than poverty, and not having integrity is one of them. Uh, being perverse mm. is one of them. Being ugly, being ungodly, and I'm talking about character, is, is much worse than being poor. And I mean, we look at that, Kevin, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, brother. Um, I was thinking, um, you know, I'm sitting here in my motorhome and I'm looking out the window in Texas near Fort Hood and um, there's a flag that's on a flagpole yeah. at, at the at the church across the parking lot here. And uh, the flag's just upright. And the scripture here says better support the walk of this uprightness. You know, the flag's always the same. And uh, wind's, you know, blowing one way and it's going to, you know, kind of flip around or whatever, but it's always anchored the same spot. It's always up there unless it's at half mast and it should, and it's supposed to be, you know, down because of mourning. But, you know, generally, generally speaking, I, I've been here four days, I guess. And, um, on this project with a PTSD project at Fort hood, as I look out across here, it's just consistently up there. And you know what? I don't care how expensive that flag is. I don't care how, you know, it's red, white, and blue. I don't care how much it costs. Uh, I don't care the color of the flagpole. It happens to be a white flagpole. But uh, if it was a silver flagpole or black flagpole, I don't know that that matters. But you know what? Our banner, the thing, you know, we're, we should be upright. We should always point the same direction. Yeah. And, you know, Christians can, can get a, a stoop to them where we are, either through deception or depression or whatever, where we're just no longer consistent, you know? And, um, yeah. I think that, you know, the, the opposite where it says is it, it's better to be that way upright, uh, and poor than perverse in your ways and rich. I think sometimes there's, you know, you look at Washington, DC, there's a lot of money up there, but man, they're just not, upright. They're not going to be consistent in the way they handle our money. They're not going to be consistent in the way that they deal with a moral issue. You know, that they're going to, you know, if you grease your palms with the, you know, enough money, they're going to vote differently there. And, and it's just, and I'm not all of them. I thank God for the good congressman, but you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I'm just, I'm just oh, thinking that as a Christian, yeah, we need to, we need to be like, upright like Jesus. Oh, no, I get that, brother. And I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, again, God's saying, listen, you're better off poor than you are not knowing the difference of right and wrong. You're better off. Yeah. And, and again, God's reminding us where we're putting our time. What are we putting our life into? 
Are we putting our life into integrity? Are we putting our life into doing things right? And, and I really think the verses, you know, it's one of those things that should make all of us stop for a minute and, and you know, have some kind of a discerning view on, on what this is all about. You know, the way we live, what we're doing, what life is all about is to bring glory and honor to God. And, you know, being rich does not bring glory and honor to God in my mind. I mean, rich people can bring glory and honor to God, but the Bible's reminding us that, hey, you can be a poor dude with integrity and and you're cool. And uh, so that's something we got to deal with. And then we look at verse seven, it said, whosoever keepeth the law is a wise son, but he that is a companion of righteousness men shameth his father. And, uh, you know, again, you know, the Bible's pretty clear on this is, you know, obedience, (laughs) It's proof of wisdom, man. It's proof of a discerning spirit. It's proof that that you're a good son. You're obedient to your family. You're obedient to your God. Uh, and, and and then, you know, in that verse at the end, and, and, and being a riotous man and, and being riotous, being, being somebody who's outside of things, you know, you bring shame on your family. You embarrass your family. You embarrass your Lord. I mean, there's so many different things we see there, uh, the difference between right and wrong. And again, discernment, doing the right thing, obedience, you know, uh, keeping the law. It, it's, a, it's a great place. And the other side of that is humiliate people, Kevin. You know, it's just humiliating the family. It's humiliating everyone. It's humiliating your God. Yeah. You know, as we think about this, um, I'm reminded just just recently I met um, someone in a church service and uh, I preached and I, you know, presented my work with the military and with PTSD. And, um, you know, you can always tell if someone's coming up and they've been, you know, there. I'll put it this way: a military person who has walked uprightly and and done right is oftentimes the ones that come home, even though they've suffered a great loss or seen combat and so forth, because they did the right thing. You know, they're not going to be as prone to dealing with PTSD. Um, and and what I'm thinking is, I recently met someone who. Um, he was, he got out of the army. He was deployed as a con. Well, he was, he went overseas as a contractor. He was recruited, um, to work as an operative, um, along with, you know, uh, JSOC. If you know what I'm talking about, he was working with CIA type stuff and, uh, and spook. And some- yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, he was, he was a spook over there behind enemy lines and he was one of the people that, didn't exist. You know, if he got in trouble by an enemy line, we weren't going to go get him. And, uh, you know, the short answer would, would have been who there's, we don't have a guy over there. And, uh, and he would have been left there to get, get out himself if he was still alive. And, um, but you know, I, I talked to him, uh, here, uh, recently. In fact, it was just, it, it was just yesterday. Yeah. So this is Monday. And, um, and so as I was speaking to him, you know, he was holding his head up high and his wife was sitting next to him. And what a joy, what, what a happy family. And he was excited. I shared about the PTSD ministry. I shared about our military ministry. And he was just, he was just, you know, he looked me in the eye. He squared it. He squared himself to me, looked me in the eye, shook my hand. And his wife was just so, so gracious. And I thought to myself, how different, because we've also done uh, work, um, 
I remember back at Fort Bragg, we worked with some Delta uh, Force people, and some of those people were also, you know, working as spooks behind enemy lines, and they worked, you know, with the CIA and so forth. And there were some situations there where they had to do some, some unlawful, some biblically unlawful things. Um, I'm not saying that, that, I mean, they followed whatever the government said, I'm sure, but brother, they were, they were doing some immoral stuff. They were posing as married people while living behind, you know, while living in another country and they weren't married to the, to the, to the person. So long story short, without going too deep into that, that was a mess of a situation. And when I dealt with those kind of people as a, as a missionary to the military, you talk about dealing with a conscience that was defiled and they were not keeping the law. They were a companion of riotous people. There was, and, and I know it gets messy. It, you talk about yeah. war. It's, it's just, it, nothing's clean about it. You know, there's not. And, and I got to tell you, brother, this is where we see moral injury. And, uh, yes. and that's exactly what this is. And some of you listening may know exactly what I'm talking about. You're ordered to do something uh, from a moral perspective where everything inside you says, no, I can't do that. But you're being ordered as a military person. You have no choice. And, uh, and, and so this is we deal all the time with people who suffer from moral injury. And, and, you know, the Bible reminded us there, but keep the Lord, be a wise son and those who couldn't in those circumstances. And maybe it's a good thing that we came to this place. Uh, but I think that the important thing to remember here is this, that no matter what we've done yesterday, the day before a year ago or 10 years ago, we just get it right right now. We just got to take what God has given us and know he takes our sin and hides it as far as the east is from the west and know that God can say, okay, starting today, starting right now, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we can't fixate on these terrible things that we made these guys and gals do. We, we, yeah. we can't, what we need to do now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and, and is we just got to say today on this day, uh, on this day that I'm listening to it on this Monday, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and I'm going to surrender it all to God and say, God, I just can't, I can't deal with this anymore. My spirit's wounded. I, I deal with this moral injury thing. And, and, and God's just going to remind us that, Hey, we got to go give ourselves holy and acceptable. We just got to say, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this alone. And here's the great thing. You know what God does? He takes people like that. People like me, people like Kevin, who've been through things in life. And he says, you know what? I got your back. Just give yourself holy and acceptable. Let's go for, you know, let's, let's continue on with this journey. Let's just do what we have for you. And God will take care of you, man. He's done things in my life and other people I know who've suffered from moral injury and been down that road. Man, he can take you. He can take you. Folks, we started off talking about chronic and how it's a fearful word, but, you know, God is not the author of fear, and uh, God's got our backs. We just need to go to him, surrender. It's all about surrender today. Well, we certainly hope you guys have a happy Monday. Thankful to have Kevin with me again today. Make sure you come back on the other side tomorrow morning. We'll hop right back in. Lord bless you. We sure do love you, folks. Hey, with that smile that only God can give you today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. 
It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.